Welcome everyone to Keeping It Independent, a podcast brought to you by Whiffles Hybrids. My name is Jared Goplin. I'm an agronomy manager here at Whiffles covering Northwest Iowa, Southern Minnesota, and Eastern South Dakota. I'm joined today by uh, our technical product manager, Dr. Brent Tharp, who also covers uh, some areas in Northern Illinois and uh, Southern Wisconsin. So uh, some of the topics we're going to cover today, uh, some things to start thinking about. Of course, uh, weed management is going to be, uh, you know, Sprayers are going to be rolling pretty uh, pretty heavily here in the in the coming weeks, uh, and uh, Brent and I both have a background in weed science, uh, so we both get a little bit excited about this topic. So uh, we are excited to kick that off. But uh, first, wanted to give a bit of an update. Um, of course, there has been some localized heavy rainfall. Uh, by and large, a lot of the corn belt, um, you know, a lot of that planting progress has uh, sort of wrapped up. We're getting been been uh, getting very close. Um, a lot of that early planted corn is looking pretty good, but course there was some heavy rainfall uh, over the weekend so um, you know one of the questions that has come up come up is uh, you know if you do have heavy rainfall and some flooding uh, how are those fields going to fare so I guess Brent I guess I'll turn it over to you and, and you can take a first stab at that question you know is my corn going to survive well like a lot of things it depends and uh, corn needs oxygen to survive so whenever you submerge it in water uh, it can run into problems and it, it's going to depend a lot on uh, temperature, so it's temperature related. So the warmer it is, uh, the faster that corn plant will be wanting to grow and and its oxygen needs increase. So um, if you have warmer days, so I'm talking what is warmer, I mean, in the 80s, uh, it will not survive as long as versus if you're in the 60s and 70s you can probably, it'll buy itself a little bit more time. That's one factor. The other is size. Um, you know, a, a totally submerged corn plant will not survive as long as as a plant that maybe have some leaves above the water. Uh, you know, those leaves can access oxygen. It's not ideal by any stretch, but it does allow it to survive longer. So you're not going to, we can't sit here and, and you know, give you an exact, a uh, number of hours of survival. It's just going to come down to you have to go in and, and look at those fields and do some inspection. And whenever this uh, question comes up, seems like every year, you know, we have some heavy rainfall somewhere. And uh, I always think of those corn plants, if they do poke through the water, it's kind of like a snorkel. Uh, it does provide some access to some oxygen. And that's really what we're talking about. It's kind of like when you go under the water, if you're out swimming and go under the water, uh, you can only last so long unless you have a snorkel. So it does help uh, give you a little more time there. But uh, yeah, it is a little bit tough to uh, to determine, but you know, later this week we should be able to get out in some of those fields and, and see whether or not things have survived. Um, obviously, the less amount of time it's uh, underwater is is better, but uh, yeah, I guess that's what we can do. So yeah, and what you want to look for is uh, you'll go out there and you'll need to dig those plants up and look at that crown or that growing point. So you know, on, on smaller corn, our growing point doesn't get to the soil surface or above the soil surface until. V5, V6, we don't corn anywhere near that stage uh, where, where you got all the big rain. Uh, so dig up those plants, split them, and, and look at that crown area. And it should still, uh, you know, be solid and it'll be white or off-white in appearance. If it's starting brown or mushy, uh, that's not a good sign. Yeah, I know we, we did have uh, some pockets that uh, dealt with some crusting. Uh, I know at least in areas of Illinois, from what I understand, Brent, and, uh, you know, that's the other thing that, you know, comes up with this as well is how's the, the corn that's not emerged, how is that going to fare versus stuff that's already spiked, you know, just poking through, 
And typically with these heavy grains, we do end up with some crusting, you know, so even if that water does dissipate, you get some hot sun and you get a heavy crust on there. Uh, even if it survived, then of course, the next question then is, you know, how do we deal with some of that crust? I know some corn that was uh, kind of in that situation from previous rains. Uh, we were worried about the crust and it seemed, you know, we had moderate good rainfall here this over the weekend. It uh, It's going to help out that corn and, and uh, hopefully prevent us from getting out the rotary hose. The other question, like I mentioned earlier, we, you know, we are here to talk about weed science. So that's, uh, you know, something that's obviously going to be at the uh, forefront of everybody's minds. Uh, a lot of guys may be wrapping up some pre-emerge applications if they put those on in their corn, uh, burn downs and those types of things. So, um, you know, the question that comes up is, you know, what are the most important considerations I need to think about when making some of those post-emergence applications? So, uh, Brent, I guess, what are what are some of the things that you start thinking about when we talk about weed management and weed control in corn? Well, first thing is you need to identify the species of weeds that are growing out there and what you what you want to go after. So uh, just even a simple broadleaf versus a grass gets you in a little bit of a direction and, and will, should uh, kind of direct you towards what chemicals or program you want to use. Uh, from a corn standpoint, uh, you know, post-emergence applications on corn uh, can be safe, but it, it's generally, I like to see corn applied if you're putting on post uh, applications, you know, that V2, V3, V4 size of corn uh, is an ideal time frame. We're not determining any yield at that point, point in time. Yield determination in corn doesn't start till about V5, V6 stage. That's when we start determining uh, ear girth and in ear length is even begins at that point in time. So that's why if you look on a lot of herbicide labels, you know, there are restrictions and a lot of times it's around V6. It's, it's because that's when we're determining yield. So a V3 corn plant is pretty resilient. We can, you know, we can damage a lot of that above ground leaf tissue and get by with it. I mean, it's not ideal, but yet, you know, a thick, you know, carpet of weeds isn't ideal either. Yeah, I mean, it really comes back to, you know, obviously the weeds are going to take away yield uh, at some point in time. You know, they're going to compete for water and nutrients and other things. And, you know, early when it's, you know, when the corn is just poking out of the ground, if there's a few weeds out there, it's not necessarily a, you know, a yield, uh, you know, inhibiting uh, factor there. But uh, of course, as weeds get bigger, they're a lot harder to control. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, these herbicides are protecting yield. They're not adding to it. And, you know, they do have some potential to reduce yield if we're not careful or if we're out there too late or, you know, are not using the right adjuvants, uh, you know, all those types of uh, application type uh, type issues, I guess, that can come up. So it is important to, uh, you know, look at those labels. You know, of course, all the labels are going to have, uh, you know, some of those um, key pieces of information on there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, a lot of times you want to get those weeds controlled when they're little uh, for not only uh, crop protection and you know, not affecting yield, but also, um, you know, those weeds are, are able to be controlled a lot easier when they're younger. And I know as herbicide resistant weeds have become uh, a lot more problematic, you know, a lot of the ragweeds and water hemp uh, that are out in the world, um, you know, it gets to be a challenge to control with those, uh, control those weeds with some of the post-emerge products. So, uh, you know, ideally you want to control them before they come out of the ground, which uh, comes back to uh, some of those pre-emerge applications and residuals that are, are going to keep those weeds from, from popping out in the first place. And it does buy you a little bit of time before some of those, uh, those weeds might be able to compete with yield. Even if you have these heavy rains that are going to keep you out of the fields, um, you know, for some time. I'd also just add on some management practices, uh, just to think about is we talked about the timing. It's always best if you can get your herbicides on before that 
I even say the V5 growth stage. Too. And and we should probably talk about that too, Jared. What is a V? Where are you talking about V5? So, but apply the herbicides before that growth stage. Another management is, uh, you know, you want to make sure your, your sprayer, you want to calibrate it, right? Uh, don't assume that, that it's working. Uh, you got to r- run some water through it and, and make sure the nozzles work and do some calibration. Uh, follow the herbicide label. The other thing is if you're in some stressful uh, weather events, uh, a lot of these corn plants or a lot of these herbicides you know, they're metabolized by the corn plant. So if the corn plant isn't growing efficiently, if it's under stress, that's where we see some injury a lot of times come in. So just kind of pay attention to what the weather patterns are like uh, when you're applying those herbicides. Yeah. So we talk about, you know, you mentioned uh, V5, you know, what the heck is a a V5 corn plant? So if, you know, if you look at those and and you see a collar around that leaf, um, that's really what we're talking about. If you can if you can count to five, um, you know, if you count five of those leaf collars, that's basically the stage we want to want to get that uh, those herbicides on by that point. And there's a few physiological reasons for that, right, Brent? I mean, uh, that's kind of that stage when uh, you know not only do we start to determine uh, some of those yield components, uh, more important yield components, but uh, but it's also when that growing point is below ground uh, or just coming above that ground, that soil surface uh, around that time frame. So I know, especially if we talk about growth regulator, uh, some of those types of products, uh, if we get into applications later than that, that's where we can see some issues with, uh, you know, making that plant brittle and, and having some other issues that way as well. Yeah. And a lot of your ALS type of chemistries, um, they also, so that's your accent steadfast, that, that chemistry line of things. Um, those are metabolized by the plants. Therefore I like to see those before uh, that V6 time frame, and just to add on, what a leaf collar is is basically if you if you look at a the leaf blade, just trace it on down to where it attaches to the stem, and if you find that distinct line where that leaf blade is attached to that stem, that is a leaf collar, and you just count those. If corn was emerged, and this is probably more kind of in the south, but if corn was emerged and it got clipped by a frost, and you lose a leaf, uh, well that you might not see that, so you got to kind of re- put that in the memory bank. If the corn was V1 at that at that frost stage, uh, you need to add a collar to whatever you're counting at this point in time. You know, Brent, you mentioned uh, making sure your sprayers are calibrated. I'll, uh, I guess I'll be uh, honest and, and make a confession here. Uh, this spring, we were a little behind getting the sprayer ready to go uh, and, uh, and did not do our typical uh, nozzle catches before a rain was coming. We wanted to get some freeze on and uh, went out there and worked fine. But uh, guess what? We ended up covering uh, a few more acres than we were supposed to by the time that tank ran out because some of the hoses, the hose that led up to the flow meter uh, was deteriorated, got a little chunk in front of the flow meter and uh, was affecting that. So, um, you know, it is important, uh, even when you're in a hurry, um, you know, trying to get feed to rain, something like that. Um, I do wish in hindsight, we would have taken that time to make, make sure things were working properly would have only taken a few minutes, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I guess you live and learn, learn in that, uh, that sense. Practice what you preach, Jared, practice what you preach. I know that's right. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite, uh, from time to time, if you can imagine that, <laughs> uh, anything else uh, in terms of weed management, I guess, Brent, that, uh, you want to, want to talk about, I know, you know, in this area, I've seen some giant ragweed that's already got four leaves on it. Uh, some lamb squirters are, you know, pushing in a, a similar time frame. Uh, those are some of our earlier emerging broad leaves anyways. Um, and then, of course, a few water hemp have started to pop. Uh, I have not seen any myself, but I've heard reports uh, down in parts of Iowa where they, there is some water hemp that's starting to emerge. 
uh, and of course is one of those big weed issues that we um, that we try to, to at least prevent seed production in some of those cases, uh, even when they do come up late. But uh, but those weeds are definitely off to the races with some of this heat. Yeah, just as corn plant likes heat to grow, so do weeds. So uh, we're seeing, uh, yeah, definitely weed emergence is coming on pretty strong. Uh, I'll just add on another thing. You know, we're talking about those V stages and just uh, reminded me with the heat. It takes about 80 to 85 growing degree days typically to add a leaf collar. So you can kind of look at your, your, your forecasts and, and, uh, and predict when a, a corn plant's going to be hitting various stages, or I'll put in the plug for the growing degree calculator uh, that we have on whipples.com. Um, look under the agronomy tab, growing degree calculator, and it also will predict uh, when corn will hit various growth stages. And I believe V6 is one of those. So. I guess the, kind of the last thing I think about too, when we talk about weeds, uh, of course, there is getting to be more cover crop uh, adoption in areas. And, uh, you know, at this point in time, that cover crop, if it's still growing, if you haven't terminated things, you know, at planting or after, you know, that is acting as a weed. So uh, it does come down to, uh, you know, we do need to make sure we get that controlled before it does start to affect yield potential as well. So, um, you know, whether you're calling it a cover crop or a weed, um, you know, sometimes you can, uh, there's some intermixing there on what they are and when, but um, that's the other thing, I guess, to keep in mind. And be looking for any cutworm activity out in those fields too, or, or armyworm. Um, they really like those cover crop fields with that residue. So uh, you may want to throw in a an insecticide if you see some cutworm activity. Yep, another reason to scout. I know there was some some cutworm activity in, in parts of Illinois, and uh, some of those cut dates in Iowa uh, and Minnesota are coming up here real quick if they haven't uh, if we haven't already gotten there. So. Well, uh, Brent, I guess if you don't have anything else, uh, that's kind of a wrap on this episode. Uh, if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you do uh, have the opportunity to send in questions as well. We've got an email address, uh, agronomy at wiffles.com. If you have any questions, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you send in some questions, of course, uh, you can get some sweet Wiffles swag. So we will uh, we'll send out you some, uh, some cool stuff if you uh, submit some questions. So uh, with that, thanks for, for listening and stay safe out there.